Conversation is Cajun, and I'll be talking spicy. This week, we are discussing how we are not our hair. Cues in the RE. I am not my hair. I am not this skin. I am not your expectations. No, no. Y'all, this creative dialogue came about for me because the older I've gotten, the more I understand the significance and the importance behind the color of our skin, along with the connotations around our hair. So dark skin and bad hair represents that connotation. It was intended to be a negative connotation, actually it was intended to be an, a mentality slave owners started that we as a culture later adopted and ran with. Historically speaking, the house Negroes were lighter, they were softer on the eyes, and they were more chosen than the darker men and women on the fields. Later, the notion formed in our culture that light skins were better than dark skins and the term bad hair is now a hyperbole because what is bad hair? What the hell is bad hair and by whose standards? So I think NDRE said uh, good hair means curls and waves. Bad hair means you look like a slave. Okay, boom. We just going to leave that right there for a second. Reflecting on my personal hair journey from childhood to now, I have never, I'm using bad hair in air quotes, I have never had bad hair. My hair has always been thick. My hair has always been extremely curly. My hair has always been extremely fine and my curls were always tighter than what I grew up around. So, my mom is a very fair-skinned woman. She has very soft, wavy hair, as does my, my baby sister, all my sisters, actually. And truth be told, I am the darkest one out of all of us. And because of that, because I seen that, I never embraced my my curls I never embraced my hair until I became an adult and ultimately it began to affect my self-esteem not because I felt like you know I wasn't beautiful or anything but you being the only different one around everybody else you look different that that plays a toll on you and I don't know one person that's not human that has never 
felt that way before and felt like they didn't belong because they don't look like everything else that's around them. My mom used to tell me when I used to beg her for a perm, money, you have beautiful hair, you have thick hair, your hair is so beautiful. Why don't you just embrace it? I pushed my mom so much to the point that she just felt compelled to give me a perm. And I honestly, looking at it now, I wish that I never made that choice. I wish or that my mom was would like was like, hell no, you're not getting no damn perm. Like, and she stood on that. But I think to make me feel better and more confident in who I was and for my hair to become air quotes again, more manageable. It that's what needed to be done at the time. And I think a lot of parents make that choice and listen to my voice. Don't do that to your baby. Don't give her a perm. Don't give her a perm. Give her an opportunity to embrace who she is. Give her an opportunity to when she get older and she be like, oh, I'm sick of this shit. I don't want no perm. I mean, I don't want my hair like this no more. Let her make that choice. But you as the parent and you showing her how to be confident in who she is, don't do that. Don't give her a perm. Let her learn to embrace herself. When I graduated from high school, I chopped all my hair off because I didn't want a perm no more. I chopped all my hair off. I wanted to be natural. And all of my college undergrad career, I had short hair. But that's where my confidence came in because now huh, all the boys was on me. And I didn't have no long hair. I didn't have curly hair. I had a short pixie cut, but I was fly as hell. So yes, niggas was on me. And I was feeling it. But even still, I like that was that was a misplaced confidence that I had. That was a misplaced confidence that I had, but it did help to fuel my self-esteem. Then I got to a point as in now I have a fro. I love my fro. I rock my fro. But I I feel like people think of hair now in a perspective of image. And I say image being in how others view us as well as how we view ourselves. But for me now, I get my hair done for maintenance and convenience. Nothing more, nothing less, because I'm busy as hell. And a lot of times I don't be having two hours, an hour and a half, just sitting there trying to get my fro together. And that's really how long it takes. But... It's hair equates to emotions and how we feel at that time. So, for example, every time that I had drastic life changes, I changed my hair. And that has everything to do with liberation. Everything to do with liberation. As I was growing up, my my dad made it a point. To always play India Ari for us. I think he was really feeling the song. But because we were his daughters and we were with him. He made it a point to play that. Because he needed us to know that we were beautiful. And 
that the words that she was saying, like it was going to penetrate our hearts. But she talks about how she's not her hair. And, you know, I'm not the average girl from your video. And I ain't built like a supermodel. But I learned to love myself unconditionally because I am a queen. Those lyrics meditate and they penetrate my heart daily. Daily. And my dad, I didn't understand it then, but I definitely appreciate it now. He did not allow us to wear weave until we was out the crib. He did not allow us to change our hair, color our hair, do all that extra shit until we got to a certain age. Everything was done in a timely fashion, in a timely manner when he felt like we were ready for that. And it was age appropriate. And I... I'm thankful for that because it taught me and my sisters how to be comfortable in our own skin, no matter what we had on, no matter what our hair looked like, as long as it was done. <laughs> he he made us, he taught us how to be comfortable with who we were. Now, my mom, on the other hand, my mother has never, never never ever worn weave and she is the most beautiful the most confident woman that I know and I I appreciate that rare fact about her because she doesn't have a desire to and the old and I wear weave but again I wear weave one because that should make me feel like a different person two um, it, for maintenance and convenience, but I think ultimately the goal for every woman is to be comfortable in their own skin. And one thing I can appreciate about my mom is the fact that she taught us how to do that. Like, I mean, you can still show skin and be respectful and still be considered a woman. You can still be sexy. You can still, you know, have be fierce in how you put your shit together. Like, my mom, she encompasses all of that. And I, I soak, I soak it all in because that's who I aspire to be. When I, when I was in high school, all the boys used to be like, damn, that's your mom. I mean, hey, Miss Parker. Hey, Miss Johnson. Um, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. And, Every woman should reach that point in her life. It's essential. It's essential to your growth. So first, I want to review our history because we got to know where we come from in order to know where we're going, where we're headed. So let's talk about why hair is such a sensitive subject in our black community. Hair is the most elevated part of the body. It is considered spiritual and cultural. Biblically speaking, hair, your hair, is your virtue. The dehumanizing act um, that was done to our ancestors was their heads being shaved before they were sold. So hair back then all the way back then had the power to dictate how others treat you 
and I can imagine the impact it had on how they treated themselves. Hair in history represents social oppression, abuse, racial discrimination, age, marital status, surname, health status, and geographical origin. Before the emancipation, hair wraps were considered to be a sign of oppression and social status for black women, which made them less attractive to their owners. The emotional significance on black women became to have manageable hair. What the hell is manageable hair? Society makes us have conditions for our hair. Workplace hair or professional hair is considered straightened, processed, or altered from its natural curl pattern. Maxine Shaw, who we're going to take it back to the 90s, um, she was a lawyer on Living Single, and she was in corporate America, but Max had dreads, and Max was a boss. You wasn't seeing that back in the 90s. I mean, you rarely see it now where you see people in corporate America in a setting where they have dreadlocks. Men or women, it's rare to find it. A lot of times, companies won't even hire you for having dreadlocks or for even wearing your natural hair for that matter. But let me tell y'all something. When I got my job, and I do work in corporate America, when I got my job, I went on my interview with my fro. That job, listen, there's nothing in society that's going to make me change who I am. And I say that because if you have to alter who you are for a certain spot, for a certain position, then that position is not for you anyway. It's not for you. So I've witnessed, as we all have, cultures shaming other cultures for culturally adopting characteristics that are considered black, I'm using air quotes, along with other cultural practices. But hear me, hear my voice real quick. I just want to drop a, a question in a gem. This is not absolute right now. This is just a question. Why don't we, as a culture, pose the question to ourselves of why we always feel an obligation to adapt to the societal standards of beauty? Why is that? That includes straight or wavy hair, be it natural or weave, and bleaching our skin to become lighter. What does that prove? The overall point of cultural appropriation is to have an open perspective from both sides of the spectrum when the culture is being adopted by others in a positive, positive, P-O-S-I-T-I-V-E, positive light. We always get offended. We do. We get offended with other cultures for what they do to us, but we turn a blind eye to it within our own communities. And that's not fair because I see so many celebrities out here bleaching their skin and shit. 
but then they want to get mad at the Kardashians when Kardashians come out a little bit lighter. Nah. Nah. In my opinion, that's a misguided principle. And I want to know what are some other misguided principles or principles in general that we might not take heed to. These are conversations that we need to start having because we need to we need to shine light on it so that it becomes exposed and we need to learn how to move past it. At the end of the day, hair has the power to dictate how others treat you and in return, how you treat yourself. Hair should be used for expression. When I think about hair being our virtue, biblically speaking, it's the ability to stand in whatever power you need to in order for you, for you to feel liberated. So if that means you want to go get your hair done every week and you wear a weave, you wear it natural, you wear it, you wear it straight, you wear pin curls, you wear finger waves, whatever it is, you wear braids, you keep it braided up, that is for you to feel liberated behind it. For our men, <laughs> y'all a trip. Y'all are a trip, for real, for real. Y'all have to do a better job in letting, at letting us, as black women know, and your daughters know, that we are absolutely winning. We are winning. Y'all shout all day about how we do fake shit to our bodies and how we always wear weave. Or y'all favorite line is, oh, you cute for a dark skinned girl. But fake shit, y'all praise on and offline. I can see what y'all like on Instagram. Cut that fake shit out. It's contradicting because you want a wifey at home that's all natural. While the whole time you checking for the chick with the plastic body and the, and the face to match. Or the term exotic. That's the new term y'all use. I want me an exotic chick. That's, I mean, that's cool. I Listen, I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it at all. You like what you like. But what I am saying is, don't dim a light on your black women, on your culture, in the process Cause we are beautiful and we protect y'all more than y'all protect y'all. We need to hear more from y'all. Y'all need to stand up for us. Y'all need to let us know that we are loved and that we are winning. Cause we let ourselves know that. We let ourselves know that. But if you need that extra push, ladies, you tell yourself, chicks with the natural bodies win. Chicks with the nine to fives win. The entrepreneur chicks win. And more importantly, the dark skin mommies win. Always winning. Always winning. Our skin is beautiful and melanin. We shine in the sun. We are goddesses. I named this episode Dark Skin and Bad Hair simply because no matter how dark your skin is, or how nappy, air quotes, your hair is, you are just as worthy and deserving of love and acceptance as the next person. The first step towards change is accepting. Accept who you are, 
Embrace yourself for all that you are and all that you have to offer to this world. And become comfortable enough in your skin that no matter what society has deemed acceptable, that no longer holds precedence in how you see yourself. Be who you are and say what you feel because those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind. That's a simple quote from Dr. Seuss, but it holds so much precedence in today's conversation. I encourage you to listen to India Irie. I encourage you to embrace yourself and your beauty and your light and your goddessness and your king as well. Dark-skinned kings, light-skinned kings, skin color doesn't matter. We are all one. We are all a part of a larger body. Be sure to follow me, check in with me. Please continue this conversation on my Instagram at underscore GVC Arts or at underrated pod, U-N-D-R-R-A-T-E-D-P-O-D. Let me know what you think. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe to my podcast on all stations. And I look forward to tuning in with y'all next week. Peace. Girl, you're underrated. Through the heartache and pain, you stay strong. Sun comes after the rain. Girl, you're underrated. Fascinating. So amazing. Oh, replacing. You're so underrated. 